Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. 
Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world or in the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info, the many podcast and radio players from Google to Podcast Addict or our private archive that has no advertisements in it. We welcome you to the broadcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to contact the show, me directly, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And please follow us on Gab and Gitter. That's Gab and Gitter. We have new accounts there. We are trying to grow an audience. So check us out on Gab and Gitter. If you go to our website at thesecretteachings.info, again, you can find the show archive. If you're not a subscriber, you can listen to the show archive on the website. You can also take the RSS feed there, copy it, paste it into one of your podcasts or radio players, and listen to the archive that way. Or you can get the ad-free version of the shows along with a private RSS feed, access to our montage archive and my books, if you become a subscriber to The Secret Teachings, weekly, monthly, or yearly, and yearly subscribers get not only all of that, they also get a physical copy of one of my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and the Technological Elixir. Those books are also available on the website. You can read reviews of them. When you subscribe, when you buy a book, it keeps the show on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week, allowing us to do what we do every single night, all the research and all the thought that goes into each show. You can also grab a water filter from our affiliate sponsor, Pro One Water Filters. There's a link on our website that will take you to their website. doesn't cost you anything to go check it out. And, of course, Patreon for behind-the-scenes videos and more. Just search The Secret Teachings on Patreon or click the link on our website. So there's a lot that has culminated in tonight's broadcast. I was really trying to figure out what the best direction was to take because I had a lot of different things that I wanted to talk about. And tonight I think we can go back to some subjects we discussed last year, both relating to UFOs and UAPs, and a strange series of monoliths that turned up all over the world, from Utah to Romania. I don't know if anybody saw this. It didn't get a lot of news attention, but just here a couple of days ago, right up the road, about an hour and a half north of where I am, Closer to Phoenix, Arizona, there was a monolith that popped up. It, it really wasn't like the other monoliths. These monoliths that popped up in Utah, monoliths that popped up in Romania, in California, about 87 of them across the world. Some of them were metallic. Some of them looked better than others. Some of them looked more like an art piece. Uh, the one that popped up in Sunset Point near Phoenix, Arizona, a couple of days ago, was more like a piece of wood with some reflective tape around it. Now, I mean, if, if there was something more, let's call it paranormal or otherworldly about these so-called monoliths, you'd imagine that there might be a cover-up. 
Some people think that. Some people suggest that. I don't think that. I think it's a publicity stunt for something. In fact, there was a, a giant gold cube that appeared in Central Park in New York a few days ago. It was worth $11.7 million, and there was a security guard guarding it. It was 160 or 186, I think, 186 kilograms of pure 24-karat gold created by the German artist Niklas Costello, and it was just a publicity stunt to draw attention to a new kind of crypto coin. Uh, that's all that it was, a publicity stunt. Now, I don't know about these monoliths if they're, if they're ex- explicitly a publicity stunt because, uh, I mean, if you, if you look at the timeline of when these monoliths popped up, there was one in, in Utah, and it had been there for, so they, the, the, the authorities had estimated weeks or even a couple of months. It was found, they called it the Utah monolith. It was found on November 18th, but they think it had been there since October of 2016. So in the Utah monolith case, we're talking years. And then after it was found, a few days later, it disappeared. And there was a, well, supposedly there was a video. I watched the video. I don't know if it was real or if it was staged, but a group of men were seen taking taking the monolith down. Uh, the same day, on the 27th of November, and this is, this is what's really strange, the same day that the monolith came down after about four or five years in the Utah desert, desert uh, literally another one popped up in Romania. And then that one disappeared on December 2nd. And then right after that, another one popped up in California. Now, the California one uh, clearly looks like it's, you know, it's been installed by humans. Uh, the one in Utah was, well, I mean, it looked human, but it was strange that it had been there for so long. And then when somebody finally spots it, some guys in a helicopter that I, I think they were working for the state, or maybe the the forestry service or something like that, so some kind of agency like that. When that when they finally found this thing, uh, it disappeared pretty quickly, which I find very strange. And then immediately you saw these structures pop up in Romania, California, Morocco, Canada, Australia, the Netherlands. I mean, if humans are behind these things, then clearly there is some kind of uh, conspiracy, and the media seems to be in on it, reporting on these stories all over the world. There have been 87 of them, and uh, now we see another one here at Sunset Point in Arizona, but, but it doesn't really look like the other ones. It, it looks more like it's, it's been made by, a, maybe let's call them an amateur artist. It's just wood with tape on it. But, you know, the, these things are interesting because, obviously, they were inspired by a Space Odyssey. And uh, the monolith in that movie... It represents this triggering point, as I'm sure most of you know, this triggering point in the transition of human from ape to a civilized human species, to a civilized people. It's this triggering point. It's this this evolutionary jump that the monolith provides. And the monoliths you know, had been found throughout the solar system, and uh, we're finding these monoliths all over the earth. There's also photographic evidence of a monolith on Mars. I mean, obviously that's not something that local media, mainstream media, or even a lot of people that have talked about these monoliths will bring up, but there there is a large object 
uh, on Mars that you I guess you could call it a monolith, and uh, it's it's really interesting. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like the monolith from a space odyssey. I mean, those are the kinds of things that you start to question. I mean, did Kubrick get those ideas from the ether, or did he get those ideas from from the the material world, like from the things that he experienced and witnessed and things that he knew? And and that's how a lot of movies are. We think, well, it was the X Files. And, you know, every one of these articles I read about the monoliths or about UFOs, there's always like a picture of Fox Mulder. Or there's always a, 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 a gif of like the truth is out there. Everybody thinks it's a big joke. It's the same thing with Black Mirror. Everybody thinks it's a big joke. There's robot dogs and metalhead running around. But no, those dogs are real. Boston Dynamics and Ghost Robotics built those dogs. They're monitoring uh, the southern border in an experiment. We talked about that last week. They are uh, equipping them with sniper rifles and other weapons, officially. They are monitoring military installations. Uh, they're clearly not going to be used for finding your grandma if she's unfortunately in a natural disaster like a tornado or an earthquake, which is what we were initially told that those robot dogs were going to be used for. These things are real. Obviously, uh, bizarre phenomena and strange happenings and strange occurrences are documented all over the world, whether it's 14 or it's something that is perhaps classified as 14, but something that's more of a UFO or a UAP, something that's unidentified, something that's not man-made, clearly not man-made. It could be a, a natural thing. But, I mean, these these things are what the science fiction are based on. These things are what the Hollywood films and TV shows are based on. So if you look at the monolith on Mars, it's really eerie because it reminds one of a space odyssey. You look at this thing, and it looks like from a distance, from what you can see in the, in the photograph there from, from NASA and from their uh, high-rise camera on board the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, you can see something that looks very, very similar to what you saw in a space odyssey. And uh, it doesn't necessarily look similar to, but it has the same feel to it as these monoliths that have popped up all over the United States and all over the world. I, the one thing that really gets me is the monolith in Utah had literally been there for five years, they estimate. And then the day it was taken down, another one appears in Romania. Now, I didn't hear, I didn't read if the one in Romania appeared on the day that the Utah one was taken down on the 27th of November, 2021, or if that report was just being held by the media so that when the one in Utah was taken down, they published the report about the one in Romania, and it seems more mysterious than it really is. But but these stories also weren't big stories in the mainstream press. So it wasn't like it was used for clickbait necessarily. It wasn't a story that lasted very long. So I think it's kind of unlikely that the media had that story ready to publish. I think it was, I mean, it's a possibility. It could have been a coincidence, but I, I just, I have a hard time buying that. What it is, I don't know. But if you've not seen these things, you need to go look at them. There is a, there's an article that you can uh, look up. I'm looking at right now from insider.com and they have uh, basically the story and a lot of the photographs of these monoliths from Utah to Romania to California, it says 87 have appeared around the world as of December of last year. 
And then another monolith just popped up around Phoenix, Arizona. I actually thought about driving up to, to see if I could see this thing. It's apparently right on the side of the road. It's like wood covered with a reflective tape. So it's probably not alien, but whatever is responsible for placing it there, probably an artist, just like the one who placed the almost $12 million golden cube in Central Park. It's probably an artist, maybe a copycat, trying to get some kind of attention. And it doesn't go much further than that. But while we're looking at these monoliths, whether it's in the U.S. or Romania, wherever these things have popped up, I think we're forgetting a really important point. A really important point I think we're forgetting is there are other monolith-like structures that we interact with daily. Monoliths that, like the movie A Space Odyssey, trigger this evolutionary, or I would suggest de-evolutionary transition in human evolution or human de-evolution. In my book, The Technological Elixir, I proposed that the cellular phone, particularly the Apple phone, which when you take this thing out of its case, especially if you have a black one, if you take it out of the case, it looks like a monolith. If you turn the the black one off, it looks like a monolith uh, from a space odyssey. It looks similar to what we we can see on Mars. It looks similar to something from science fiction. And uh, it's interesting. I have a little section in my technology book where I talked about something referred to by uh, by doctors now as text neck. And what this is, is when when you're looking at your phone for a long period of time, you know, you're scrolling through Reddit or Facebook or whatever you scroll through, uh, literally people's necks now are starting to become deformed and, you know, I mean, granted, I don't walk with the best posture, but it's not because of a cell phone. And, and some people are experiencing physical deformity because they literally have their head at like a 90 degree angle looking down at their phone. And this is this is now a medical condition. I mean, we are physically degenerating, deteriorating, de-evolving literally into the black mirror that is the monolith phone. I mean, obviously, even if you have a white phone, you still get the idea. Or if you have a rose gold iPhone, you still get the idea. It's it's monolith-like. And I don't think anybody could argue, honestly or sincerely, that the, the phone itself or the tablet or my iMac here, that any of this doesn't, on a subconscious and unconscious level, trigger a form of... And, and I believe it's de-evolutionary. I don't believe it's evolutionary. Uh, a form of de-evolutionary trend in, in the human psyche. Like we let ourselves go. We allow the technology to take us where it wants or where those that are developing it want to take us. I mean, like when you break down the, the conscious mind, right? You break down the conscious mind or the psyche into the conscious mind and you break it down into the unconscious mind. And then the unconscious mind, uh, I guess, you know, depending on what kind of psychology you study or Carl Jung, you break down the unconscious mind into other groups. You break it down into the collective uh, conscious of all people and you break it down into the personal conscious. And then the personal conscious can be broken down into the shadow self, you know, the 
uh, the, the darker side of the soul, the, the things that are repressed, etc. And I think technology communicates to us on those levels as both devices and as general symbols of what we're told is an evolutionary device or an evolutionary technology, an extension of ourselves like a hammer or like a spoon or a fork or a knife. I personally don't believe that. I mean, some technological advancements, perhaps, but just the nature of the screen. When I turn my iMac off, I get a black screen. It's too eerily similar to me to scrying tablets or scrying mirrors or black obsidian stones or uh, black obsidian balls. Uh, you know, it's basically a, it's like crystallomancy. It's like looking into the crystal ball and divining the future, communicating with angels, archangels, some people trying to summon and communicate with other things. There's just something a little bit too eerie about it to me uh, for it to be coincidental in symbolic and subconscious terms. Because we have, as a human, within our genetics, within our DNA, we have this, this record of everything that has happened throughout history and uh, these kinds of symbols are really, really powerful. It's like the name yad Yahweh. It's a powerful name. You don't have to be a Jew. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be a magician. You know that Yahweh is a very powerful name. I mean, if you've dabbled in magic, you know that there are other names, uh, Tetragrammaton. Uh, you know that there are other symbols that are really, really powerful. And they're powerful because they've been with us for hundreds and in some cases, thousands of years. And these ideas of, of evolution through magical means, through communicating with angelic beings or demonic beings, and doing so through mirrors, doing so through certain types of stones, doing so through crystals, etc. I mean, that's powerful in the subconscious. And when I look at my computer, which I also know, you know, computers... Uh, whether it's Mac or PC, different types of technologies, you, you know, silicone and it's, it's crystalline in nature. Our cells are crystalline in nature. So crystals play a big part in all of this. And, uh, you know, if, if you talk to someone who studies crystals or are into crystals, you find that, you know, they believe that crystals are part of an evolutionary transitional uh, kind of natural technology as well. So whether it's technology uh, in, the, in the literal sense, or it's some kind of evolutionary technological uh, development, uh, what we're looking at here is the monolith from a space odyssey. And whether or not these monoliths that have been placed all over the world are a result of just artists trying to stage a publicity stunt, or there's something more, in 2022, I really think this is the year, not only of the tiger, I really think it's the year of the UFO. And... I've read this several places now. Whether you're a UFO enthusiast, a researcher, or you're just casually interested in the subject, 2022 and the next couple of years, it is the official open disclosure of what the UFO, what the UAP is. I just, again, don't believe that it's going to be that honest. I think that it's going to be something that is contrary to reality i think it's going to be staged i think it's going to be fabricated and i'm a little bit concerned of what real disclosure 
is going to be about. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm going to tell you a lot more about this when we come back. Stay with us. It's the month of Janus and the year of the Tiger 2022. Here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. So not only is 2022 the year of the tiger, I think 2022 is also the year of the UAP or the year of the proverbial flying saucer. And I think it's more than what ufologists and UFO researchers believe that it's going to be. I think it's going to be a little bit more malicious and deceptive and political, among a number of other things. I I just feel this way because 
there's there's like an energy. There's something that is just off about the U.S. government's sudden interest in the subject. There's there's something off about the aerospace industry's involvement in the subject. There's just something off about the people. People like Tom DeLonge and Louis Elizondo. There's just something off about these guys. In my opinion, this is purely my opinion, purely my speculation, but I feel that there's just something there's something off about these guys, about these these sudden interests that governments have. Now that doesn't mean I don't believe in UFOs. It doesn't mean I don't believe in UAPs. It doesn't mean that I don't believe in alien life. But you don't need to know what my beliefs are. I'm just simply telling you what the energy is that I feel. That's just it's just a feeling I get. But I think I can maybe back it up a little bit with talking to you about what has happened recently regarding the subject of the UFO, the UAP. And a strange series of events that have transpired over the last year all around the world. In the last segment, I told you that there have been 87 monoliths that have popped up from Utah to Romania. The Utah monolith supposedly was in Utah, unseen, untouched, since 2016. The same day that that monolith was removed, at least officially, because there's a video of it. We don't know if that video is real. Probably is. Probably nothing more than a publicity stunt in some way, shape, or form. But the day that it was removed in November of 2021, the same day, another monolith appeared in Romania. But we also don't know if it appeared that day or it was just reported that day and it was more like a coincidence. And right after that, a third appeared in California. The one in Romania had disappeared. Now, this kind of sounds like it could be the start to a science fiction film. Monoliths or some kind of structure or some kind of probe is sent to Earth. It's there to monitor. It's there to be witnessed. And then once it's witnessed and it does its job and and the public sees it, then it disappears. It goes back to where it came from. It dissolves, whatever. It kind of sounds like a science fiction film. And then just a few days ago, the number of 87 monoliths increased to 88 monoliths when one was found near Sunset Point in Phoenix, Arizona, just outside of Phoenix. Now, this monolith, in my view, didn't look like the other ones. It looked more like a piece of wood wrapped in metallic tape or kind of like an aluminum it wasn't smooth like some of these other ones it wasn't it wasn't like whoever did it either intended it to look this way or they just haven't perfected their trade it just kind of looked sloppy so maybe maybe a handful of these monoliths are just uh, sloppy replications and they don't really have any meaning but maybe they are something otherworldly at least the symbol of the monolith is important. And if you if you look up online, type in the high-res camera, H-I-R-I-S-E, high-res camera Mars monolith. And you can see on the Martian surface, 
based on the shadow and based on what looks like something being planted in the ground, you can see what looks like a monolith. Now, I don't know if this is a rock. It could be a rock. I'm not saying all of these structures are alien. I don't really think any of them are alien, personally. But when you look at this, it could be a rock. It could be a monolith. It makes for good discussion, right? At the very least, it's interesting that we're finding things that look like monoliths on Mars. We're finding these more, I'd say they're more cylindrical, the ones on Earth. Uh, a couple of them maybe are more so like the the Space Odyssey monolith, but a couple of them are three-sided. Some of them look like they could be four-sided. They're more like a rectangle. And and the way that the, the one in Romania, the way it was placed in the ground, looks kind of similar to at least the, the high-res image we have from Mars of that monolith. But see, here's the, here's the thing. The whole idea, and yes, they could be a publicity stunt. Uh, the, 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 the $11.7 million golden cube that popped up in Central Park just a few days ago with a security guard was just officially created by a German artist, Nicholas Costello, and it was placed there as a publicity stunt to promote crypto coin. So... Yes, it could be a publicity stunt, but for this to have happened all over the world and parallel and simultaneous to other monoliths that have appeared, unless the media is in on it, it does seem kind of strange. It seems really suspicious. Obviously, after the first couple stories get out, you get copycats, but if these objects look the same, it's it's probably unlikely that they're all copycats. You know, it's probably very, very unlikely, but... The idea of the monolith as a symbol, let's, let's walk away for a moment. Let's forget about the 88 monoliths found all over the world and at least one found on Mars. Let's just forget about that for a moment. Let's, let's look at what the monolith represents. It represents a triggering event in the transition of human history or human evolution. It's when humans transitioned from ape-like beings to civilized people. Now, you don't even have to believe in evolution you don't have to believe in, in, in humans coming from apes. Personally, I don't. However, I think that it's just the idea that's important to grasp here. Again, don't worry about the monoliths. Worry about what the monolith represents as a symbol. Worry about what it represents in science fiction and in the space odyssey. It's a trigger. It's, it's a mechanism to speed up, to increase, to activate from ape to human evolution. Now, we also have these monoliths in our pockets. We have them in our hands. We have them next to our beds. We have them in our cars. We have them on our desks. We have them everywhere we go. Cellular phones. The Apple phone, especially the black one, looks like a monolith. And when I turn my phone off or when I turn my computer off, I get a black screen. Now, just like if you were to look at a pentagram or just a standard cross or a Celtic cross with the circle behind the cross, I mean, these symbols are hundreds, if not thousands or even tens of thousands of years old. They have immense power. They have immense structure in the, in the astral light, if you will, speaking in magical terms. These things have been around for so long and so much a part of human culture, society, evolution, the conscious, the subconscious, and the unconscious, 
They are immense reservoirs of energy. Likewise, looking into a black mirror, the idea and the practice, in some way, shape, or form, whether it's directly a black mirror or it's the usage of substances going back 30, 40,000 years, the usage of certain substances, peyote, psilocybin, ayahuasca, etc., 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 to look beyond the veil, to peer into the other world. The idea of that and the practice of that, like a pentagram, like a cross, has an immense reservoir of energy. And this is what we tap into when we use the pentagram as a defensive symbol, the four elements and the fifth being soul or spirit. It's what we tap into when we put on our cross necklace and we pray to God, we pray to Jesus. It's, it's what we do when we practice magic, knowingly or unknowingly, otherwise. We look into the mirror, we try to divine the future, we try to figure out what it all means. We, we ask God for a sign. I'm not sure if Muslims ask Allah for a sign, but I'd imagine they do. You, you ask for assistance from angels you know, or archangels, especially if you're, you're Catholic. You have patron saints, and you ask them for protection. I mean, we're always peering into the world of the unseen. We're always looking to the other world, the underworld, whatever you want to call it, for guidance, for assistance, for, for tens of thousands of years. Whether we're using psychoactive substances or we're looking into the black mirror and we're divining the future based on science fiction, Star Trek, Space Odyssey, Star Wars, whatever. Some people like the TV show Firefly. That was kind of a cult classic. Whatever it is, I mean, we're, we're looking into the black mirror, and we're divining the future. Alien invasions. Ancient aliens. Why do you think that's so popular? There, there's something about the unseen. There's something about 14 events. There's something about the supernatural whether you're a strict scientific mind or not, there is interest even in those minds to debunk those subjects. No, no matter if you appreciate them, are interested in them, there, there's something in the human that wants to understand the unexplained, that wants to understand the unseen, that wants to understand the the, 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 the blurry lines in the dark. What, what is that? Is that a coat on a chair or is that a monster? We want to figure out things. That's the essence of what it means to be human. That's the essence of what it means to transition to be more than human, uh, to, to be uh, godlike in a sense. I mean, that's the point of magical practice. That's the point of, of, of spiritual practice. It's the point of praying. It's the point of communicating with the divine. call it illumination, call it spiritual progress, call it whatever you want. It is, there's a series of of things that we interact with in in our daily lives and in in the world in general throughout our lives that are triggering events, that are points that trigger our individual spiritual and physical evolution. Now that idea can be expanded to when we look as a culture, as a collective, into the black mirror and we see science fiction and we see ideas that are a lot of times planted 
They are charged as sigils with the energy of the audience, and then those things come to life. They begin to manifest as tulpas or egregores. You know, uh, they come to. We literally bring these things to life in the future from the moment when we watched those films, like a Space Odyssey. And the Space Odyssey movie uh, contributed so much symbolically to our culture that monoliths start popping up around the world. They don't look like the Space Odyssey monolith. Our phone looks more like the Space Odyssey monoliths. And yet we, we refer to these as a Space Odyssey, whether it's live science or it's insider.com or it's local 12 NBC News in Arizona. Uh, all three of these articles I have refer to a space odyssey. So there's something to be said about looking into that mirror to divine the future, watching science fiction, and science fiction telling us this is what the future holds. Now, it might not be flying cars, but we're pretty close to some of the most famous science fiction movies that have ever been made. I mean, we're, we're close to everything from Soylent Green. I wouldn't call Idiocracy a science fiction movie per se, but we're, we're as close to Idiocracy as we are to Soylent Green. I mean, we're, 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 we're pretty much getting to the point where eugenicists have convinced the public that Logan's Run should be our future. Or, you know, we have uh, movies like A Space Odyssey, which the symbolism is so ingrained in the psyche, it's so ingrained in the subconscious and the unconscious that the average person might see a monolith and say, well, that's, it's like a space odyssey. It's like that, that science fiction movie. But no, it's, there's more than that. It's communicating to us on a level that is, that is not conscious. And that is triggering something. That is triggering something in our psyche, in our unconscious, in our subconscious, and in our conscious. Now, it can be done for benevolent reasons or it could be done for more malevolent reasons i believe as i said at the beginning of this segment that there's something more malevolent about this not not about the monoliths but just about the idea of extraterrestrials in the last year we have seen some of the biggest official revelations that the ufo community has been drooling over for decades in June of last year, the Pentagon released their UAP report. Now, we told you before that report came out, because it was very obvious to anybody who had studied this, that the report was going to be vague, and it really wasn't going to tell us much, and it was going to imply the need not only for more research and investigation, it was going to imply the need for, uh, you know, and it's implied, it doesn't say it directly, it implies the need for potential defense against these things because we don't know what they are and they could be dangerous. So if you go get a copy of the UAP report, you'll see that. And the report itself declared that the government could not identify just a handful of these UAPs that they investigated. Just a handful. 140 instances of UAPs that could not be identified. Now, you might say, well, that's a lot of UAPs that can't be identified. Well, well, sure, it's a lot, but it's also not a lot considering that there are literally dozens of credible sightings every week, and there are hundreds, thousands perhaps, every month. 
And uh, obviously people stage things, people misidentify things all the time. But even when you write those off, even in the official Blue Book project, which was a Air Force cover-up of, of the UFO uh, subject, uh, they identified 10% that could not be identified. They, they were not civilian or military craft. It was not natural. It was something that was unexplained and something that was not understood. Now, I, I hate this thing, this idea when science is like, or it's not even science. I see, I just did it. It's scientists are like, well, science can explain it. Well, okay, explain it. I mean, if aliens were to land on the White House lawn and they were to speak to the president, like in a science fiction movie, I mean, don't, don't you think that science as a field would be interested in the technology that got the aliens here, that brought them here? Don't you think that whatever technology they were using in their ships or their light vehicles could be explained through science? And it doesn't make any sense when people are like, well, UFOs, they can be explained by science. Yeah, you're, you're overstating the over-obvious. Of course it can be explained by science. Of course. I mean, that's like saying, you know, you see an airplane and someone's like, well, they don't, they don't know what an airplane is. Or that, that, that could be, you know, people from another planet. And the scientists are like, yes, we can explain it with science. It's definitely not people from another planet. Well, it's, it's, it's not people from another planet. It's people from this planet. But it's a, it's a type of technology, a nuts and bolts technology, that can be explained through science and engineering. So I think that's a stupid statement to make when people are like, oh, my God, scientists can explain UFOs. If they can't explain them now, they'll be able to explain that at some point. Science can tell us everything. But that's not even true. Science can't tell us everything. Science can tell us nothing about the soul and the spirit. Philosophy can, though. Making philosophy as an observation a form of science. Mythology is a form of science. Mythology is observing the natural world, applying characteristics and attributes and anthropomorphizing things, and trying to understand why the wind blows, why there's lightning, why there's a flood. That is science. We need to broaden our definition of science. We need to understand that science is a method of observation. And just because the the Pentagon can't identify 140 instances of UAPs doesn't mean that they're aliens either. But I have an issue with this UAP report. I also have an issue with the intense interest that the U.S. government seems to have in this subject. Obviously, we've had a bipartisan group of senators pushing for for many, many years now for the government to release more information on UFOs. And from the U.S. Defense Department and intelligence community, it, it seems like people are suddenly eager to get this information. One of the questions that, let's call them skeptics, I guess, I don't know what term to use, but one of the questions that skeptics always propose is, what about pilots? Pilots fly up in the sky. Pilots, they have to see things that are unexplained, but they don't report them. So that means they don't exist. I mean, what a fallacy, right? Here's the bottom line. Pilots for a lot of different reasons, it would depend on the pilot and it would depend on the, the culture of where the pilot's from, probably. Pilots don't typically share their UFO experiences because they could be passed over for a promotion, they could be fired, they could be mocked and ridiculed. People, people lose friends 
over having honest sightings and interactions with things that, yeah, can certainly be explained with science. Whether these whether these craft come from another dimension or another planet, it's going to be explained with science, folks. But the scientific community ridicules and mocks, which they're really ridiculing and mocking themselves because you're literally rejecting an experience. You're rejecting a possible nuts and bolts technology because you don't understand it. That is pathetic and weak. And it's really disturbing, and that's where we're at in the 21st century. But pilots don't say things because pilots are professionals, and pilots could be, at the very least, they could be ridiculed and mocked, and they could lose their jobs, they could lose their families. A lot of pilots don't say anything. But this idea of pilots not saying anything is a lot more serious than, than the argument of why a pilot wouldn't say something if they saw something. Because back in the 1950s, pilots in the United States who witnessed a UFO became subject to military restriction under the Joint Army-Navy-Air Force publication JANEP, which was promulgated by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And a pilot who sighted a UFO and who talked about it could receive a prison sentence up to 10 years and fines of $10,000 in the 50s. That's more money today if they discussed their sightings with the media or the public. Now, these restrictions were first imposed back in the 1950s at a conference between airline representatives and intelligence officers of the Military Air Transport Service, MATS, in California's Los Angeles, February 17, 1954. So pilots were not allowed to say anything, or they could say something, they just could suffer consequences of prison time and fines if they discussed sightings with the public. Now, due to the military's involvement and the way that these cases have been handled, it's created a culture where it's unacceptable for pilots and for really anybody to uh, declare that they saw a flying saucer, a flying disc, etc., whatever they saw. I mean, this is happening more and more now. We're starting to see that, uh, you know, it's, it's like every week. Uh, UFOs over this city, UFOs over this town, UFOs over this state, UFOs over this country. Pilots see them. Common people driving in their cars at night see them. I mean, but th- th- this is also not new because this has been going on for literally you might think decades, it's, it's been going on for centuries. It's been going on for thousands of years. Just the reports that you hear from a few hundred or a few thousand years ago, they call them flaming wheels or flaming shields or flaming boats. And I don't believe all of that can be attributed to psychoactive substances. I don't believe all of that is from ayahuasca or psilocybin or peyote or something. I think that there are certainly physical things, call them nuts and bolts, call them something else. There are physical things that people witness, and they don't have to be on any kind of drug to witness it. They don't have to be you know, a, 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 UFO, a UFO enthusiast to witness it. People see things all the time, and they're cautious to say anything because of what will happen to them culturally and socially. The military doesn't have to uh, imprison pilots anymore. They don't have to fine pilots anymore, although maybe that still does happen. It was the official policy in the 1950s. But it's more of a cultural thing now. It's a social thing. 
you, you can be socially and culturally and economically assassinated if you bring these subjects up. But now that the government of the United States is interested, it's opening the door for discussion. My question is, what door is it opening? How far is that door being opened? And what is behind that door? How much are we allowed to question? And what exactly can we question? Can I question the UAP report itself? Probably not, because ufologists get really upset. Because they just want the official declaration from a president to say, yes, UFOs are real. And here's the thing, you're not going to get that. You might get hints at it. You're not going to get that statement. And furthermore, why do you need that statement? Why do you need the executive branch of the U.S. government to say, UFOs are real. What does that do? What does that tell you? If the president ever says that, I'd be terrified because it's going to be used as a weapon in some capacity to control you and to control society. It isn't going to be used to bring everybody together so that we can sing beautiful songs together and ascend in crystal bowls into the alien universe. Like, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to be weaponized. Now, the, the Pentagon has been pushed by a, a pair of U.S. Senators, Kristen Gillibrand and Marco Rubio. I love how people even make that political. Well, I don't like Marco Rubio, so I don't, I don't care about the UFOs then. Like, are, are you, are, what is wrong with people? I mean, it's make everything political. Um, but, but through the Pentagon and through these senators, uh, there, there's a new office for reporting and analyzing UFO reports. I, we've talked about this in the last couple of months. Um, personally, whether it's the UAP report or the new branch inside the Pentagon to, to monitor all this, I, I just don't particularly trust it. To me, it just sounds like the co-opting of something that is something that's coming. I mean, something that's here, but something that's coming. Like, whatever it is is here, but there is acknowledgement that's coming that needs to be controlled in, in a PR kind of way. And there's also the Galileo Project, at Harvard University, aiming to establish uh, a network of telescopes to scan the night skies for extraterrestrial objects. It's a privately funded project. And uh, Avi Loeb is involved. A lot of you know Avi Loeb. 100 scientists or so. The telescopes are going to use infrared cameras to take 24-7 video of the sky. The Galileo Project hopes to use data collected by Planet Labs, which uses a fleet of miniature satellites to imagine the entire Earth once a day, to image the entire Earth once a day. So they're going to monitor the whole planet every day, all day. And uh, this is happening at the same time the Pentagon is releasing their investigative report. It's the same time the Pentagon is opening up a new branch to investigate and study these things. And, I mean, I think the, the, the big question is, what is the motivation behind this? And the motivation behind a lot of ufologists and researchers and, and myself is just interest and curiosity in the unknown and the unexplained. Uh, if the military is getting involved and they're not being forthright, and, they're, and, and I guarantee you they're not being forthright because a lot of what is being said and done is old, is stale. We've known about for decades, literally decades, half a century or more. So this isn't new stuff, but they're acting like it's new. And that's what disturbs me. That's what freaks me out a little bit because I think that it's being used for some other purpose. We're going to get into that when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please go to the website, subscribe to the full show archive, grab a copy of one of my books. 
and leave us a review, four stars, five stars, whatever you think we deserve, along with a little written review on one of the apps that you use to listen to the show. Apple, Google, whatever. Let us know what you think. That lets other people know what other listeners think of the show. It's another way to support us. Stay with us. We'll be back. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is TST Weekends. Search the show name and start listening today for free. If you want to avoid those annoying ads, subscribe to our ad-free archive with our oldest shows, a private RSS feed, our montage archive, and Ryan's digital books. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. We must seize the means of production. Stop it, Vlad. You know the rule. No communism. Mama, if we just get rid of all these successful people, we'll finally be happy. No, honey, that just means we'll all be poor. Freedom-loving parents have long been left alone to shoulder the burden of educating their children and passing down a love of liberty. While there are a few books that teach these ideas to adults, there seem to be fewer that teach them to children. The Tuttle Twins series changes all of that, helping parents convey the principles of freedom to their kids in a fun way. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate link for the Tuttle Twins to get your curriculum and books today so that you can educate yourself and your children on how to adhere to the principles of liberty for all people. So if you have offspring and don't want them supporting socialism, then click the link and order the Tuttle Twins books today. Stalin has no stunning new achievements unless you consider killing millions of innocent people an achievement. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support. 
and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of The Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after Lighting the Void with Joe Roop right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. Maybe you're listening in the free archive or the archive on our website with no advertisements, including our montage archive and my digital books at thesecretteachings.info. We welcome you to the broadcast, hour number two, segment number three. Another one of these monoliths has appeared in Arizona. We don't know about these monoliths. About 87 of them have appeared officially around the world in the last year and change. One of them in Utah was thought to have been in the middle of nowhere in the state since 2016. And the monolith in Utah, which was taken down in late November 2020, uh, the same day, one pops up in Romania. And there's no indication whether these are just strictly pieces of art or if there's something else. The one in Phoenix looks more like kind of a ripoff. It doesn't really look like the other monoliths in my view. But, you know, it's not really the monolith itself, like the physical monolith, whether it's in Utah, California, Romania, Morocco. They've they've popped up all over the world. It's, It's the idea of the monolith. It is really interesting that a monolith has also been spotted on Mars, that was uh, announced back in 2012, probably spotted before that with the high-res camera from NASA aboard the MRO, the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. And uh, this monolith, uh, if you look at it, zoomed in in super high resolution, it kind of looks like, uh, based on the implant in the ground, it looks like what was photographed in Romania. It's kind of an interesting little little detail there I noticed, but it's it's the idea of the monolith and what the monolith represents. In the Space Odyssey, it's a trigger that initiates human evolution from ape-like beings to a, a civilized species. But the monolith can come in more than one form. The monolith comes in the form of our cell phones. It comes in the form of our television screens. It comes in the form of of our tablets, it comes in the form of our computer screens. And like the pentagram, like the swastika, like the cross, these symbols are reservoirs of energy that go back hundreds, thousands, and and, and tens of thousands of years. All the energy that has been focused on those symbols, it creates a reservoir of energy that magicians tap into today and people tap into without realizing why they're wearing or utilizing those symbols. They're powerful. I mean, why do people like the sun and the moon? 
It's day and night. It's the, the essence of life. It's breath. And those symbols, you know, they're common. You can find them on a shower curtain. You can find them, you know, just the standard kind of a tattoo you get in a tattoo shop. People, people like the sun and the moon. They maybe don't even know why they like the sun and the moon. Those opposing polar opposite forces, the reservoir of energy there is physically present. We can see that energy in the moon and the sun. But that energy is also in the cross. It's in the pentagram. It's in the, it's in the, the symbols of um, the swastika. The, the, I mean, the ankh is part of the cross. It's, it's in those symbols. It, it's also in things like crystals, which we know crystals and crystalline structures are used in electronics. And we know that when one stares into the mirror, it could be glass, it could be metal, it could be volcanic glass, it could be obsidian stone. We stare into that mirror and we try to communicate with angelic or archangelic beings. We try to communicate with our higher self. We try to divine the future, right? Crystallomancy, looking into the crystal ball. What does the future hold? When we look into our TVs, which are made of metals, electronical devices that are, you know, silicone crystals, like our computers. Uh, We're looking into these devices. We're watching science fiction films like A Space Odyssey, for example. And the ideas in A Space Odyssey or the ideas in Star Trek, those ideas placed there become the future. We are witnessing what the future holds. And then when those things come true, we say, well, that's from Star Trek. That's from Star Wars. You know, that's from a movie. That's from a TV show. And yes, you're right. It is from a movie and a TV show. Good job. But it's more than that. Because the movie or the TV show got the idea from somewhere. The idea goes into the science fiction, which is, it's imagination, right? Even if it's pure imagination. Pure imagination is one of the principal cornerstones of magical arts so you need an imagination and you need will and willpower you create what you want in the astral and then you bring it into the physical you create what you desire in the in the lunar sphere and then reflect that into malkuth in kabbalistic terms so what hollywood does with their magical wand that is made of Hollywood, the Drudic one, is they literally, they conjure up the future by putting together these symbols and sigils and ideas, symbols and sigils that are physical and also subconscious and symbols that communicate with the subconscious, and then it's broadcast as a frequency and a signal. Then we see that, we hear that, it interacts with us on a subconscious and unconscious level, We are entertained by it, directionalizing our energy. We energize those sigils and symbols, and then it comes into the physical world from the imagination of the directors, of the writers, etc. It's all magic, first and foremost. But second of all, it's more than that. Because magic is meant to help the individual transition and reconnect with the divine. 
And the, the way that a lot of movies and TV shows and the way that media works is kind of the opposite. Whereas the obelisk or the monolith in a space odyssey triggers a evolution to a more advanced species, our technology today promises to give us that evolutionary jump through the monolith that is the cell phone, that is the computer, that is the television. But the more and more we interact with these things, we look into them and they draw us into the abyss. And rather than evolving and reconnecting with the divine, we are being pulled down further into the abyss, further into Malkuth, further into the material sphere. I don't believe that these monoliths that have popped up all over the world are alien. Some of them are really strange, but I personally don't think they're alien. However, the idea in the popular culture, the idea in the subconscious and the unconscious, mixed with, because these things started appearing in 2020, 2021, and uh, the one in Utah goes back to 2016, they, they, they estimate. So we've had like a good a good solid year, year and a couple of months, well, like a year and three, four months uh, with these things in the news. And um, with these monoliths, they are triggering something that is placed there by the popular culture, by the entertainment. And it's interesting because in the last year and change, we've seen other things happen that are eerily, eerily connected to these monoliths. They're connected to intelligences that are non-human. We've seen the UAP report from the Pentagon. We've seen bipartisan groups of senators pushing for Congress uh, or from Congress to have the U.S. government and the Department of Defense and the intelligence community publish more and more information and data on UFOs. And we've got the Pentagon launching a new office for reporting and analyzing UFO reports. So as all of that is happening in the conscious bureaucratic sense, we have an unconscious spiritual and symbolic and magical ritual going on with the placement of these monoliths. And as we, we, we witness these, these types of things, and we witness more, I would call them 14 events, you know, loud, mysterious booms and strange sounds in the sky and things that really aren't talked about a lot, but are very strange. At the very minimum, there are 14 in nature and they're unexplained, very strange events. So you have things that are happening in the conscious, you know, the UAP report and the acknowledgement, oh, there might be things out there. We're not sure. We'll study them. While simultaneously out of ignorance or intention pretending like this subject is a new subject when the United States military has literally for over half a century plus been involved in investigating and actively in some cases covering up UFO sightings and reports by qualified pilots, veteran pilots, Commanders, low-level people in the military, Air Force, Army, out at the sea, 
on land, nuclear missile facilities, secret missions, UFOs, UAPs have appeared at all these places, have deactivated nuclear weapons, have, have watched ICBM missile tests. These things are not new. And it disturbs me that government sources and the Tom DeLongs and the Louis Elizondos are informing the public that this is a new thing, even if it's done in an implicating way. This is not a new thing. But the fact that they're trying to make this a new thing in the popular consciousness, in the popular culture, in, in, in the ethos that is everyday human experience and human civilization means that there is something nefarious afoot, folks. I don't buy it for a minute. And then that pisses off the UFO people. I thought you believed in UFOs. I'm trying to explain something more complex than the binary, one-dimensional, two-dimensional reality that you've crafted in your head. I don't believe that this is a benevolent thing. I think the UAP report is a joke, and I think the Pentagon's new office to investigate UFOs is a joke. And no, I won't just go along with it and play along with it because it sounds good on radio and because, well, we don't want to discourage investigation into these things. It's like, why would I discourage them? The military has literally been investigating this since the 40s. Humans have seen this type of thing literally for thousands of years. I'm not discouraging it. I'm simply saying there is beyond ample evidence that these things are non-human, don't care really where they're from, you know, for this, this point of the argument, but they're, they're certainly not human. They're certainly not ours. Now, they could be natural. They could be swarms of insects. They could be mythical creatures. They could be all kinds of things. But don't tell people that this is new. Let's investigate it. Project Blue Book was a big investigation, wasn't it? Project Grudge, Project Sign, Project Magnet. All these big projects, Canada, the United States, uh, other countries, uh, the UK have investigated these things for, for literally for decades, for over half a century. This isn't new stuff. Why are they making it seem like it's new? And I just find it weird that while that's happening, and, and some are labeling 2022 as the year that, that something is coming. The Guardian had an article on this, uh, on this, this idea that, that America is ready to take UFOs seriously. And as a result of this, you know, it's kind of implied that, you know, the rest of the world's going to kind of follow what the United States is doing as well. But see, I don't buy it. I don't think that this is real. I don't think that this is honest. I think this is diversionary. And granted, these monoliths that have appeared all over the world, I, I don't think that those are alien. But it's the symbol and the idea of the monolith. It's the idea of official academia, official military, official government sources taking the idea of UFOs seriously and investigating it. This is happening on, on several different levels within society, within culture, within the psyche of the human. It's more like a magical ritual. It's more like a ritualistic ceremony with all the symbols and all the things that are talking to us in an unconscious and subconscious way. And they're telling us something. They're telling us something that the monoliths aren't telling us. They're telling us something that the, the government sources aren't telling us. Something is, is here. Something is present. It doesn't have to be physical. 
you can call it whatever you want to call it, but there, there's something here. There's something interacting with us. There's something that wants us to pay attention. And there are those, and I believe Louis Elizondo and Tom DeLong and all these guys are, I don't even necessarily think that they know that they're part of something. I just think that they're part of something that is meant to, by acknowledging it and taking control of the narrative, divert sincere investigation into the subject. And they're doing it so rapidly. That's the other thing that concerns me. You're, you're basically writing off half a century plus of investigation, research, and experience and documentation by high-level military government sources, and you're condensing it to a couple of UAPs, a new definition, a report, and a new investigative office. And then wiping the slate clean for the last plus half-plus century and then doing it really, really rapidly as if we need to prepare for something big that's going to happen. That tells you that whatever big is going to happen is probably not natural, in my view. About, it's about as unnatural as these monoliths. I mean, you see what the monolith represents. It's that trigger in evolution, right? And when we see the monoliths in popular culture, it's not even like the average person has seen these things. It's not a big story. But it's the idea of it. It's the idea that once some interact with these things, it gets into the collective unconscious and it affects all of us. And while these monoliths are appearing and, and triggering that proverbial evolutionary or, in my opinion, de-evolutionary trend through technology and through the scrying, through the mirrors, through science fiction, what's the future hold? It's telling us the future. We've got official sources, military, government, saying, oh, yeah, aliens might not be piloting these craft, but they're not ours, and we don't know where they came from, which is a fair statement, right? But it's, it's too much dismissing of the past, too much focus on the present, in my opinion, and too much eagerness and excitement to do this now, now, now. We need to do it right now, 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 now. Why? I don't think it's just a political reason. Why are they so eager to do it so rapidly, so quickly? It's kind of funny because by 2030, you, you know that Ray Kurzweil of Google, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, just tiny Silicon Valley guys, Everybody, just by 2030, that's the year. It's the year that we transition. It's the year that we reach a new singularity. It's the year that the hive mind dominates. It's the year that everything is connected to the computer. Everything is connected to the machine. I mean, in, 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 a, in a science fiction-like way, the question is, what, is 2030 the year that the aliens arrive and, uh, you know, the leaders of this planet have a deal to have handed over humanity on a silver platter by 2030. Is that is that what's happening? Because if I had a, a mind that was prone to those level of those levels of uh, of grandeur and those levels of fantasy and sci fi, I, I, I would think that that is pretty close to what's happening. Now, I don't think that exactly. I just think that. Based on the evidence, it's kind of scary to think that, that that theory might not be too far from the truth. 
why is 2030 that year? And, and, and why, when we're, when we're facing down the Great Reset, we're facing down the, the new normal and the transition into a new world, these monoliths start appearing all over the world, from Utah to Romania to Morocco, you name it. All over the world, these things have popped up. And in mysterious ways, the one in Utah was there since 2016. It's taken down November 27th of, of 2020. I think I said last year earlier, it's, it's 2020. And then another one the same day pops up in Romania. They're, they're all over the world, Australia, Canada, Morocco, the Netherlands. Again, I don't think they're alien, but these monoliths are popping up. The symbol of the monolith is the triggering of an evolutionary change. Technologically speaking, our monoliths, our TVs, our computers, our phones, trigger a de-evolutionary stage that de-evolves us spiritually into a physical blob that can be then hooked up to the silicon and the crystals and, 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 and the graphene, if you will, and taking the spiritual, taking the subconscious, taking the unconscious, taking the psyche, and plugging it into an artificial synthetic system. And while that's being done, you've got Congress and the Pentagon, and you've got people like Elizondo and people like Tom DeLong. Everybody's just rushing. They're not storming Area 51. They're storming the pop culture. And they're giving us the UFO and the UAP and telling us, this is here. This is what we need to pay attention to. This is what we need to investigate. But they're doing it so fast. And they're doing it without acknowledging the past. That it's very suspicious to me. I mean, just this article I read from The Guardian. They're like, for years, pilots had refused to share tales of their UFO experiences. Worried of being labeled kooks or being passed over for promotion. That's not why pilots have traditionally refused to talk about it. Pilots have refused to talk about it because back in 1954, a joint Army-Navy-Air Force publication, JANEP, promulgated by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, imprisoned and fined pilots for discussing their sightings with media and the public. That's why I can't trust the official declarations that UFOs might be real. We'll study them, and we need to do this fast and rapidly. You know, I know a lot of people will bring up, well, Werner von Braun and Carol Rosen. You see, Carol Rosen and Werner von Braun, you know, it wasn't like they said Project Bluebeam was going to happen. Uh, she said the last card is the alien card. Using the idea of an alien threat. Again, the, the idea of an alien threat. The idea of an alien threat. The idea of an alien threat. Using the idea of an alien threat, the final card in the establishment of that Fourth Reich, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the Great Reset, the new evolutionary trend, the monolith, triggering that new evolution, but triggering a de-evolution into the abyss. That, folks, I believe, is what it's all about. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. Unless you go to our website at thesecretteachings.info, buy a book, and subscribe to the broadcast for ad-free shows and more. 
There's a huge section on UFOs in my book, The Technological Elixir. And please leave us a review on the podcast and radio apps when you listen to the show there. Stay with us more after this. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the Montage Archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
You are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us on the broadcast. You can catch The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM or Fringe.FM and in our archive for free on the website at thesecretteachings.info.info. Of course, there is the ad-free archive there. You get a lot more with that archive if you subscribe to the show. When you subscribe or buy a book, that keeps us on air sincerely and allows us to do what we do five nights a week. There's also Patreon. You can become a patron of the show for behind-the-scenes content. And check out our affiliate sponsor, Pro One Water Filters. That link is on the website. The music tonight is White Bat Audio. That's White Bat Audio. You can find them on YouTube. They let us use their music, and I'm very appreciative of that. White Bat Audio on YouTube. Uh, NASA has awarded a contract for a rocket that is going to be launched from Mars. They've given this contract to Lockheed Martin, I read. And uh, it will be a, a rocket. They call it the MAV rocket, M-A-V. It's about uh, $194 million of a rocket, which will uh, launch from Mars. It'll be the first rocket launch from another planet. It's called the Mars Ascent Vehicle. It's designed to fly to Mars, retrieve rock samples, and fly back. NASA's trying to get rock samples from Mars so that they can study them. Uh, according to uh, a handful of articles over the last two days, uh, NASA's Perseverance rover has also broken some records. And, uh, you know, when I read stories like this, you know, uh, it's, it's this weird thing in, um, in late night radio or in ufology or I, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know what to call it. There's this weird thing now where people are like, well, I, I don't even believe that Mars is a real place. I don't believe that the sun and the moon are real. I don't believe that the Earth is, you know, circular, kind of. It's all a flat plane. The planets don't exist. Uh, NASA is just, you know, not only is it never a straight answer, but NASA's lying to the public. Mars doesn't exist. And it's like the Tatarian Empire. It, 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 like, I get where your concerns are coming from, and there certainly are things that NASA has been dishonest about, lots of things. I don't believe the photographs and the videos we see are, are real a lot of the time. Uh, sometimes there are things in those photographs and videos that are very, very eerie or strange or unexplained. It doesn't mean they're aliens, though. I just think that we have, there's so much distrust in NASA. There's so much distrust in government that these alternative ways of viewing the world receive a lot of attention and they receive a lot of publicity and a, and a, lot, of, a lot of support. And, and sometimes it's just because uh, literally of of ignorance like it's because people don't know very basic simple things i'm not a genius i fall victim to, to that sometimes um but there there are th like for example let, let me just give you an example of that like when an atomic bomb is detonated right when you've got an atomic bomb detonated and people are like well if it's an atomic bomb 
how can they video it? Wouldn't the bomb destroy the camera? Okay, that's that's like a child asking an honest question. Um, they put the camera basically in a concrete bunker, and they put it far enough from the initial blast site that, yes, the camera survives the detonation of the bomb. That's a pretty easy one. But I think you can apply that and stretch that to NASA. You can stretch that to the flat Earth. It's like really simple, basic things that are kind of overlooked. That's not a critique of anybody. I'm just saying that's that's a very classic example of being uninformed. Now, another thing that I find interesting about that is there are a lot of people who ask those questions, and those questions are very legitimate, and NASA has a lot of explaining to do. You can go to JPL and go to NASA, their websites, and you can pull in the archives photographs of things that NASA doesn't try to explain away as being space debris, space junk, and it's bizarre stuff, strange stuff. There's just another another uh, uh, photograph from one of the Apollo missions that supposedly captured a UFO. But then again, you know, how many pieces of space junk is floating around? I mean, back then during the Apollo missions, not as much as, as, as there is now, but there's literally millions of pieces of debris everywhere. Millions of pieces of debris around the earth. That doesn't mean everything is a flying saucer. I, I, that idea is, is alien to me. Like, I don't get that. Everything is either a flying saucer or it's not. And I think it's that, that idea that has been co-opted and hijacked by psychologists and government agencies to create this new narrative, this new myth. The UAP report comes out recently in June last year. You've got senators calling for the Defense Department and the intelligence community to release more of what they know. And you've got the Pentagon opening up an office to report and analyze or for reporting and analyzing UFOs and UAPs. This is the official government angle of this. But it's happening really, 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 really fast. And over half a century of research, sightings, and investigation has been summarized through a reductionary process through the changing of the term UFO. All of that other stuff doesn't matter anymore. That concerns me. The rate at which this is being acknowledged concerns me. Suddenly? Why? The acknowledgement of the UAP mixed with these monoliths that have appeared all over the world from Utah to Romania to Morocco to Australia to Canada. I don't think that they're alien, but I think it's interesting to think about. The monolith triggers an evolutionary change, right? In a space odyssey. It triggers an evolutionary change. And with that evolutionary change, we are rapidly becoming more machine-like and more autonomous. Culminating in 2030 with Ray Kurzweil at Google, his plan. Culminating in what the World Economic Forum desires and the United Nations and their goals for sustainability, culminating in the hive mind, culminating in the technological Samsung 
has a white paper on this. They're building a 6G technology. I've told you about 100 times on this show, which isn't cell phone towers necessarily. It is a technology run by machines where humans are plugged into it and there are replications of people and replications of places. It's a holographic reality. They want that complete by 2030. Why 2030? Why is that what Google wants, Samsung, the World Economic Forum, and the UN? Is something going to happen in 2030? Is something going to happen in 2029? Are we doing this to save humans and human civilization? Or are we doing this to control? I mean, is this about freedom or is it about control? Is it about human affairs or the affairs of something that is non-human? I mean, it just sometimes these people talk and it's like, are you working for like an extraterrestrial race? Literally merging man with machines like the Borg. Telling people this is going to give them everlasting life. And just that idea, everlasting life through technological means is the extension of the physical indefinitely, meaning that the physical life is extended and the spiritual death likewise is extended. It's physical life and spiritual death. That's hell. That's the trap. That's the trick. And they want this by 2030. And this is happening so rapidly. It's not just technology. It's the acknowledgement of, well, UFOs, UAPs. Um, we're going to investigate these things. And we found some that we can't identify yet. 140 in the UAP report. And we're going to investigate these with a new office. And we've got former singers like Tom DeLong, And we've got people like Louis Elizondo, who's Central Intelligence Agency. And we've got these guys that are going to lead the charge. Who buys that? The UFO community buys it. I don't buy it. You might buy it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't buy it. I think it's really, really, really suspicious. And these monoliths, again, I'm going to keep going back to these things. The monoliths trigger the evolution, right? But when we are interacting with modern monoliths that are drawing us to 2030, that are drawing us to the establishment of that singularity in transhumanism. It's drawing us there and it's promising us all these wonderful things and it's doing it rapidly. It's doing it quickly. It, it feels not just wrong. It feels like it feels like a trick. Why is it being done so quick? Why is there so much acknowledgement of the UFO, the UAP, and the implication that there are things beyond this world and intelligences that come and visit our planet that interact with us. Why is there such an implication of that and it's being done so quick and all the history is being erased and now it's just the UAP, there's no UFOs. To me, that's psychological. That's not a great day for ufology. That's a dark day for ufology as far as I'm concerned. I mean, this sounds like an intelligence operation. A psychology operation. This doesn't sound like, yeah, we're going to get UFO information. Yeah, we can storm Area 51. Yeah, it's all a big joke. No, this ain't a joke. And it's all connected. 
I think it's quite clear that it's all connected. When you look into the technology, when you look into your phone, your computer, your tablet, your TV, the crystals, the silicone chips, everything that, that, that makes this technology is as ancient as it is modern. It's as magical as it is mundane. Why? Because using crystals and using black mirrors to scry and to interact with intelligences that are beyond this world is something that humans have done for hundreds and thousands of years. Tens of thousands of years with psychoactive substances looking into the other world, lifting the veil and peering into the other dimensions, the other worlds, the other layers of, of, of consciousness, etc., We're doing that now with our technology, and it is promising us all these wonderful, beautiful, incredible things. We watched science fiction on TV when we were kids. We watch it as an adult. What does that do? It gives us an idea of what the future might hold, right? And how are we looking at this future? We're looking at this future through a black mirror, through a screen, through a crystal ball. And it's telling us the future. What if what we're being told is the future, though, is not so natural? What if it's inorganic? What if it's synthetic? What if it's not real in the sense of how we define real? What if what we are witnessing, what we are watching, what we are interacting with, what if all of that was a big trick designed to convince us that that is the future, that is where we are meant to go, but it's actually the very opposite of the future where we would naturally progress to, meaning that what we're witnessing is a de-evolution of humanity. It's not an evolution of humanity with the monolith because the modern monolith, the cell phones, literally, the modern monoliths devolve. The space odyssey monoliths are part of an evolutionary process. Think about that for a second. The space odyssey monolith is about evolution. The modern monolith is about de-evolution. And through those devices, through the screens, we see the sci-fi, and we get an idea of what the future holds. But it's a synthetic future. It's the same 2030 preparation. The preparation for a new world. The preparation for a new normal. The preparation for a new narrative the preparation for a new way of looking at life, the preparation for a new civilization, a new reality, a preparation for something that is synthetic rather than organic. Because if you think about this for a second, think about it. Think about the, the nature of what, of what these symbols mean, what the black mirror means, what the crystals mean, what, what the meditation and the focus of attention on these things mean, what it means to imagine this, you know, this better world and then to bring it into conscious reality. It's all magic. It's more ancient than it is contemporary. And the fact that it's not acknowledged as that and the fact that the U.S. government and other governments are rapidly, they're racing, they're stumbling over themselves using CIA agents and you know former Blink-182 singers to advance this in the public mind while redefining the term and changing the history, working simultaneously in parallel to what Silicon Valley, or you could call it Graphene Valley, 
what Silicon Valley, Graphene Valley are working toward, the 2030 connection of humans to machines, what 6G Samsung technology is meant to do, and uh, you know everything with graphene oxide and microstructures and nanotech that are openly in scientific and medical and engineering journals being used to uh, you know for vaccines, for cancer immunotherapy, for COVID-19. It's all in the literature. This is all happening so quick and so rapidly. It, it would seem that there's an ulterior motive, and it's driving us quickly to 2030. That's the year of the singularity. That's the year of the hive mind. That's the year where the world is established anew. And it's all based on this idea. People bring up Carol Rosen and Werner von Braun. The last card, the last card, it's that last card that is played. The last card is the alien card. And it's not true. It's the alien card that is an idea. It's the idea that aliens could be interacting with us. They don't have to show us the aliens. It's the idea that the aliens could be communicating with us, could be sharing technology with us. It doesn't have to be true, or it could very well be true. We're just not getting the full story. We're getting the fake version of that so it can be controlled. The narrative can be controlled. When, in fact, the technologies that are being used to bring us to this this new singularity these technologies are given to us by these advanced intelligences, more like the Borg from Star Trek. I mean, just think about that. What if, what if that was placed in science fiction, channeled, put in science fiction, to give us an idea of what the future holds so that we look into these mirrors, we see the future, and we begin to manifest it? What if the aliens aren't communicating to us through satellite dishes and giving us plans to build, you know, devices and technologies like contact. What if they're communicating with us through radio frequencies, through TV frequencies? What if they're communicating to us through the the possession, in a sense, of bodies that are utilized to create these things that are then broadcast out to the masses as entertainment? What if our idea of ET contact is all wrong and government sources and, you know, foundations and groups and researchers are still focused on the old ways of looking at things. What if, what if all of this is really, I I mean, I've called it like alien propaganda. It kind of, that's what it kind of feels like to me. Everybody's just rushing to 2030. Why? What is going to happen at 2030? Climate disaster, hive mind. Yeah, you can all the buzzwords, all the things that sound good. But what is it about that date that matters so much? Is it because, you know, an asteroid's coming? That doesn't really make any sense. Why would we need to be hooked up to machines for that? Is is something going to return to Earth? Are we going to get acknowledgement of something that is that is beyond our comprehension? Like, what is Why? I don't see this as natural evolution. I see this as de-evolution. That's the modern monolith. It's a de-evolutionary process. And the screens show us the future through sci-fi. It's scrying. It's divination. 
bringing us to 2030, a new world, a new normalcy, a new narrative, a new singularity, a new hive mind, the last card, the idea, and the threat of the ET presence will terrify us and scare us, even by implication, into accepting that which those who are using the alien card wish to terrify us into accepting. Or perhaps it could be non-human in its intelligence, maybe interacting with humans, and this is the way that this advanced, sophisticated intelligence literally takes control of the bodies and the minds of a planet through technology and convincing us that this is the only way that we can evolve. This is the only way that we can be special. This is the only way that we can commune with God. It's the same thing. Technology offers us this communication with the divine. It offers us everlasting life, but it provides us communication with the infernal. It delivers anything and everything except communication with the divine. It provides us with an extended physical material life of decay and suffering and death barely holding on for life while extending indefinitely our spiritual death. Call it alien, call it demonic, call it evil, call it whatever you want to call it. I don't know what else to term it. So with another monolith popping up in Arizona, it just made me start to to process these ideas. Almost 100 around the world. 87, this is the 88th. Some of them look better than others. Some of them we're not really sure if it's art, whatever it is, but These monoliths represent the triggering of an evolutionary advance. And within the time frame of these objects appearing, the Pentagon has released an official UAP report and established an office to report and analyze UAPs. All that's been done rapidly and presented to the public as if it's a new thing. Those two examples, the rapidity, the speed of this development, the sudden interest in it, and the speed. And the dismissing the not acknowledging the historical mythos around UFOs, these things are suspicious to me. Over half a century of research and sightings summarized through the reduction of the UAP or the UFO into the UAP. Mixing this story with the monolith triggers a change, a new normal, a controlled narrative completed by 2030 for some reason. Carol Rosen said it was the last card, the alien card. It doesn't have to be a blue beam. That's a theory. It's not a real thing. Sure, voice of God technology exists. Sure, holograms exist. But, but, but this technology is way beyond what blue beam is, is supposed to be. You saw holographic projections in China back in like 2008, 9, 10, whenever those UFO sightings were we talked about last week on the, uh, the uh, Stargate show we did, Stargate 2022 in the archive at thesecretteachings.info. All of this stuff, it's, it's the modern monolith. It, the technology, the phone, the screen, it's drawing us into the abyss. It's drawing us into an evolutionary trend. It's not a space odyssey monolith. It's not drawing us to, to an evolutionary spiritual development. It's drawing us into the opposite. And when we watch science fiction, we think that's the future. We want the flying cars. We want the advanced medical technology. We want the cool weapons. We want to be able to teleport ourselves. All of that is a lie. That's a trick. It's not that that technology doesn't or can't exist. It's that we're being shown things. Those things are sigils and symbols that are being charged by the audiences over decades and decades and decades. They then develop a reservoir of energy like a pentagram or a cross 
or like the monolith itself. That energy is then tapped into and then released upon the world. And all the technology, all the things were promised, those things bring us, along with the UAPs, along with the, the, the acknowledgement of these things and the open investigation and the worry of climate change and all these things that are going to affect the world, it brings us so quickly to 2030 that anybody who can put these pieces together in, 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 a, in, a, in a conscious way is thinking there's something suspicious about this. Because it's drawing us toward the hive mind. It's drawing us toward the singularity. It's drawing us toward this new normal, this new narrative, this new life, a new form of life. That, that is the alien life. You're being turned into the alien. You're being turned into the Borg. These things aren't coming from somewhere else. They're here. They're inside of us. They're interacting with us. Consciously, unconsciously, dimensionally. And they're working through humans to bring this change about. Again, that's why the modern monolith is a de-evolutionary thing. All of our technology helps us to access the other world. Rather than doing it through psilocybin and ayahuasca, we're doing it through the internet. We're doing it through technology. And what we're finding through this technology, just like Jordy Rose said about the quantum computer going into other dimensions, what we're finding through this technology is the world of Lovecraft. What we're finding through this technology is the world of the shamans. What we're finding through this technology is the world of the UFO abductees. It's all one big thing experienced similar but slightly different depending on the person and the, and the location and the experience. And all of these things in a bureaucratic sense are being, are being dumped through CIA assets and entertainers. And it's all about the UAP and investigating the UAP. And that's cool and fun. But then the monoliths appear all over the world. And I don't think that they're alien, but they, they, they are the symbolic expression of the bureaucratic UAP investigation, in my view. And these monoliths represent a triggering of evolution, where in the space odyssey, it was actually evolution. But in our world, it's not about evolution. In our world, it's something different. In our world, it's not, and in our story, it's not about transcending the physical and connecting with the divine. It's about the opposite of that. It's about descent further into Malkuth, further into the infernal. It's about not connecting with source, but connecting with the antithesis of source. It's drawing us into the abyss, into the mirror, taking us to the other side, taking us to the other world. Degenerating, dehumanizing, and de-evolving us. Those are the narratives, those are the ideologies all around the technology that promises us everlasting life and a better world. And the ideologies of those who present that to us are the ideologies of those people is dehumanization, de-evolution, degeneration of the human. Because the human is bad. The human is dirty. The human is filthy. That sounds anti-human to me. That sounds, well, not like a good thing. So I don't want to be a part of this technological push. I don't want to be a part of this UAP push. I see this as a dehumanizing, degenerating, and through the monolith, as a symbol itself, a de-evolutionary 
process. I believe this is the exact opposite of what we are being led to believe through implication and what we are being led to believe through all these wonderful things that were promised with technology. I don't buy it. And if you do, that's cool. Maybe we disagree. I personally don't believe it. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast tonight. Please write us a review on Apple or anywhere else you listen to the show. Leave us four stars, five stars, whatever you think we deserve. It'll take just a second to do that. So please support the show in that way. Check us out on Patreon for behind-the-scenes videos and direct interactions with the show. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, as well as Gab and Gitter. You can listen to the show for free on the website. You can take the RSS feed on the website and you can plug that into your player to get the show for free. And you can find links to all of the podcast and radio players. If you want the ad free version of the show, plus all of our shows going back many, many years to the beginning, montages, and my digital books, you get all of that in a big package deal at www.thesecretteachings.info when you subscribe to the archive. Please subscribe. Please grab a copy of one of my books. The Technological Elixir is what I'd recommend tonight because it covers a lot of this technology UFO-related subject matter. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.